Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 37 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Come. I mean, <gasps> opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, also come depending on your gender and uh, specified sex, but, you know, you get to choose that these days. There's, like, thousands of them. <laughs> I think we've covered that a couple times already. <laughs> so, as you guys have, have heard here, uh, across from me, I have Justin Lunsford with us today. So happy to be here once again. And uh, we have we have something special here for you guys um, in light of St. Patty's Day. Um, but before um, I get to exactly what that is, uh, Justin, why don't you tell us what the topic is today that you wanted to discuss? I thought something we'd pick something kind of broad, but with some really good specific points that really hit home. So happiness, work-life balance, and uh, I'd say priorities. Priorities? Okay, okay. Uh, so... The the what we're doing special today though is we have a giant bottle of Svedka vodka imported from Sweden uh, next to us, and throughout the podcast we are going to be taking shots of it. I'm excited for it. <laughs> so we're going to see where this uh where this conversation takes us. Happy St. Patrick's Day, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to our company who stayed with us this weekend. Um, I will mention no names as I have not yet asked permission, but this is the last half of a bottle <laughs> that our company brought us and left us. So it just so happened to work out as an interactive prop for this evening's episode. Yeah, it was it was totally unexpected. We weren't even planning on doing anything drinking tonight. We were literally just going to say Happy St. Patty's Day and let that be that. But since we have it, and since it is the time, and since uh, Adam has off tomorrow, I'm going to uh, indulge into this. So without further ado, we will be taking our first shot, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. <sighs> Not the smoothest I've ever had. No, but I am glad you poured it before we actually started the podcast because we took it out of the freezer and I hate it when it's like freezing cold like that. Oh, I, I feel it, like you don't taste it as much. Oh, I feel like it just like stings a lot harder. I feel like it goes down so much smoother. But yeah, let's get another let's get another shot ready here. Shots on deck. Oh my gosh, I already spilled water all over myself. So that's another point we can actually cover is vices, because vices actually, I mean, they are tools in a way to True. achieve that work-life balance or happiness in life. Maybe not always the best way, but um, I recently this year have really tried to limit my vices as much as possible and we all have more vices i think than we realize yes big time um and few that we're conscious of but one for me was definitely caffeine i mean there was no addiction more clear that i had than caffeine and have you still not had any caffeine this not year? a not a once wow dude good job i for some reason i thought that like there were there were a couple days in there that you indulged for whatever reason i hadn't realized that you've gone um nothing intentional nothing that i recall good job so like how do you how do you feel not having caffeine well I feel happy that I am not dependent on something. Mm -hmm. um, I am happy that I'm saving whatever money 
that I was spending. I mean, f- just to put into perspective, I would drink two uh, iced coffees, cold brews, uh, 32 ounces each in the morning at 64 ounces. And then I'd make, in general, about uh, four trips back to the uh, coffee shop attached to my job um, at 20 ounces each. So we're looking at, what is that? 64 plus 80. A lot of coffee. You're asking over a gallon. Is that over a gallon? Well, 80 plus 64 is 144. And there's only 128 ounces in a gallon. Wow, that's a lot of coffee. I mean, I work at a coffee shop, so I feel like I probably consume just as much, you know, today. But I mean, I guess would you put a number on it? <laughs> but like, I mean, saving money's nice though, but I mean like, how do you like feel not having caffeine? Do you feel like, do you feel maybe more awake? Do you feel less awake because of well, it? Or I feel like I feel the way I do when I have caffeine, you know, when I, when I used to drink caffeine, you know, I wanted to get here because really it's just awake. Right. It's not really, you know, lots of, energy per se it's awake not sleepy right well and that's always how i felt with caffeine also and i think we've talked about this a little bit off mic is like when i drink coffee like i drink coffee every day now because if i don't you get the you know you get those caffeine headaches right that tells you you need coffee but the thing is i i don't drink coffee to keep my to make myself more awake per se it's to keep myself at the constant that i would be even if i didn't have caffeine you know what i mean yeah so so the answer to the question i guess for me would be normal i feel normal yeah well i mean that's that's my point it's like it's one of those addictions that's almost just totally pointless because it doesn't you don't really feel a difference coming off it or coming on or when you're on it or off it it's just the same just all of a sudden you're you're introducing another variable to function that you don't need at all. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's it's a, de- a weird one. It's an added dependency. Yeah. Um, I'd say there are negatives to it because um, I did enjoy negatives the ritual. Negatives to not having coffee? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the ritual very much. It was right. something that I looked forward to in the morning. Everything else you do in the morning are obligations, whereas coffee was that one thing you actually were kind of excited for. Right. For me, I mean, it'd be coffee and then lunch, you know, right. very food centric. But as far as the headaches of quitting, I quit and I did a three day dry fast. So I was miserable anyway. Gotcha. So I, it's not like I really suffered through the headaches per se. I, I just had three days of misery from everything. And I figured, well, I'm already here. I might as well not. And it's not that I would never, ever, ever have coffee. I love the way coffee tastes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I would not do decaf because there's still caffeine in it. And I'm already this far. But it'd be one of those things where I'm driving across country or something. Right. You know, and I really just needed to be kind of yacked out a little bit for. Well, and that's how I feel about most vices. You know, I, I feel like if you use your vices as and look at them as tools to use when you need them then that's when these particular things should be indulged in right so like for example if you never drink coffee and then you find yourself in a position where you have to be up half the night to finish a paper or do whatever it is or something happening that causes you to have to be awake right Mm -hmm. well 
at that point, as somebody who never drinks coffee, if you drink coffee at that point, well, it's going to give you what you need. It's going to make sure you stay awake. Yes. But if you're an avid coffee drinker, you're not going to get the benefit of having a cup of coffee to stay awake because it's just part of the routine. Your body's just used to constantly getting the caffeine. I, I argue the same thing with uh, marijuana. You know, the, I mean, I know there are people out there who can function just fine smoking it every day, but at the same time there's a feeling to smoking weed that you used to get when we were younger and it didn't in you know you never done it before so it hits you in a very different way than when you're older you know so you miss out on those things to where if you use that while you're trying to paint a picture or do something artsy you might gain the benefits of what maybe a high from weed causes and i can argue the same thing with cigarettes and alcohol and many other things well marijuana is a tricky one though because it has a lot of uses so many people use it to have fun right to feel good right. recreationally right they do it with their friends and then others have medical uses for it makes them feel better um, maybe less anxious so it's still <clears throat> if you're using it for anxiety and you're anxious all the time except when you're smoking pot that right. that is no longer recreational and that's a vice right. again like an actual crutch so but that's what I mean, though. It's it it becomes recreational at first, or it becomes you know some recreational or tool. You can call it either or, mm -hmm. and then eventually you know you overindulge in it, and it becomes you know what it is at that point. You're just addicted to being high all the time. Um, I I mean I argue the same thing with like cigarettes. I listen to a lot of podcasts with comedians, and I've heard more than one comedian say that before they go on to do a set. And these are people who don't smoke cigarettes at all. They're they are not addicted to nicotine. But before they'll go on and do a set, they'll have a cigarette because nicotine does have. Uh, qualities about it that help mental focus when the nicotine hits your brain. You know, it, it's not enough to say cigarettes are good for you by any means, but it does have that effect on you. But again, if you're somebody who smokes cigarettes all the time, mm -hmm. you're not going to get those kind of effects, you know, or if you do, you're not going to feel them. Right. You'll need it just to feel not irritated. Yes, exactly. So that's how I think vices should be viewed. I think all vices out there it's like you can indulge in them. You can go out and, you know, get drunk some nights or get high sometimes or smoke cigarettes sometimes. But, I mean, it comes down to just doing it in moderation. But I feel like a way to moderate it is if you look at it as a tool and to use it only when you need it or when you feel like it's going to enhance something that you're doing or make it better. That's kind of a slippery slope, it. though, isn't it? I mean, what if you need it every day? Well, how so? You have anxiety about going to your job. Well, in the terms of weed, I think is a little bit of a gray area. I guess I guess to to add on to my original statement, that's that's just the way that I look at it. That's the way that I try to look at vices. Oh, okay. But I definitely know that there are people out there who can be high off of weed every day and function just fine. I mean, there, we know tons of famous and very successful people, not only actors and actresses, but, you know, business owners who claim that they do it every day. Right. You know, and they function just fine. But I think for most vices, though, you know, I mean, maybe you could argue that for most vices, but I think just as a rule, you should look at the vices as tools. Because one thing I argue 
with like people who can function or be very successful off of, for example, being high every day off weed, mm-hmm. right? I the argument I make to that is, well, when somebody's like that though, when somebody's constantly high all the time, that might be who that person is now because they're high every day, but at the end of the day, when I'm talking to that person, I'm not talking to, you know, John, I'm talking to stoned John. I'm not talking to Sally. I'm talking to extremely high Sally right. all the time. Absolutely. And we all know the people who have done weed a lot and then they'll quit it. And, you know, maybe it won't be a crazy difference, but there will be differences in that person's personality or how they conduct themselves or how they live their life simply because they aren't they don't have THC in their brain constantly. So, and those are reasons alone, I think for doing it in moderation, regardless whether you're able to be successful on it or not. Well, I mean, even if your goal is to just have fun on it and be high, Mm -hmm. the functionality of it isn't very good because it starts to not do that. And then you have to use more or something stronger to even do that, which I think should bring us to our next vice. Let's, Introduce um, it with a shot. How about that? Take another shot. Boom. All right. Shot number two. Ah. Ooh. So how about this use for alcohol? How do you feel about the way that we're using it as a tool now? So, well, I'm somebody who I do not drink at all. I maybe get as far as like wasted drunk. I think that happens to me like twice a year maybe. Right. Me too. You know? And, and so to me, I look at alcohol as a very recreational thing, but so, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to give my opinion about alcohol because there are certain things that I really get addicted to, but then there are some things that I just don't. And alcohol is just one of those things that I could go on a four day bender and be drinking for those entire four days, but I'm not going to feel the need to like drink or anything on the fifth day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, everyone has their own opinion as to what makes somebody an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Um, some people, ha- I've seen people check themselves in to, um, you know, a rehab or go to start going to AA mm-hmm. that I never realized were such alcoholics that they needed to. Okay. Uh-huh. To the point where it's almost a little obnoxious because then their entire life is about their sobriety and their chips and all of that. Right. And they become addicted I remember to something else. When, yeah, yeah. And I just remember when that person could barely stomach a shot, you know, a year later, even though I see them regularly, I'm targeting two people specifically. One's a guy, one's a girl. And I just think it's odd how all of a sudden it's like you're all about sobriety and all this. When Right. So in their eyes, they had a problem. Uh-huh. So that means that what... I view as a problem, and what they view as a problem is differently, but there has to be some kind of... Well, you're so you're right. So, first of all, I think there are some people, just from my experiences, I've met a few people like this, there are some people who like to say... Like to go through those uh, processes, processes, processes uh-huh. of going to AA meetings or whatever these group meetings are, sobriety meetings to get off of whatever it is, alcohol, meth, heroin, whatever it might be. And I think there are some people out there who literally do it for kind of an attention seeking thing. Yes. So I think there are people out there who, you know, are not alcoholics You know, and don't drink like an alcoholic does and doesn't even have the experience that an alcoholic does. But 
nobody's nobody in an AA meeting is going to tell somebody who's there and saying they're an alcoholic and tell them, no, you're not an alcoholic. I'm more of an alcoholic than you are. But to answer your question of how I define like an, an alcoholic or just an addict in general is when that person cannot imagine doing a task or living out a specific day without being drunk. Mm -hmm. So you made mention at one point that uh, you've had friends and I, and I have friends and family also who do this, who like only drink on the weekends. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would say that's not an alcoholic, right? Because five days out of the week, they're sober, Mm -hmm. you know, with the exception of maybe Friday and Saturday and Sunday, they're spending a drinking and they might drink from 10 AM to 10 PM at night. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I would argue if those people all of a sudden were said, okay, you have to stop drinking, could they still have fun on the weekends without the alcohol? Could they still go out with their friends and not have a beer and still have a good time? So it's like the same thing that makes like cigarette addicts, right? The hardest thing about quitting cigarettes isn't necessarily quitting the chemical addiction, but it's, it's quitting the habits. So one com one commonality among smokers is it's really hard to quit sm- uh, uh, to quit smoking while you're driving, right? We always feel it when we're driving because we're so used to just chain smoking while we're driving to pass time. Mm-hmm. And that becomes one of the hardest things when you quit is you have to find what you get this anxiousness while you're driving that you didn't have before because you don't have a cigarette. You know, it comes with just having your morning cigarette ulcer or whatever. So these people who drink only on the weekends or drink only when they go out but are sober when they go to work and everything like that. Great. They're functioning. But I'd argue they're functioning alcoholics because they don't know how to have fun without the alcohol now. Every weekend, it means drinking. So the, they associate having fun with drinking alcohol. Well, then am I an alcoholic? Because if I go to a bar, I can't have fun without alcohol. Well, but it's it's also different when you're constantly getting drunk and just having a couple beers. So usually when people like the people that I'm describing, like on the weekends are people who drink to get drunk. Right. And and I have family that does that, too, where they're constantly going out and getting slosh, waking up the next morning with some kind of hangover, starting over with a Bloody Mary and going about their day as usual, but getting drunk again, going out to a bar and having a couple beers. That's whatever. And that's only when you find yourself there. Right. You're not sitting there like, oh, I really just want to go to a bar right now. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like if you told somebody, hey, you can't drink this weekend, there are those out there who, even though they may only drink on the weekend, they're going, oh, I just wish I could go to a bar right now and have a drink. I my perspective is that it would be when there's an actual chemical addiction where with actual withdrawals start to happen. OK, because I would argue that for cigarettes, it's not just the habit. Because the habits wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the chemical addiction. Yes, true. So it's not just that you're in the car or it's after you ate. Because I know someone today Uh who said, oh, my God, I got to go do something because this person couldn't give me a cigarette. Otherwise, I have no cigarettes for like seven hours. Yes. So that's not a ritual. Right. That is a chemical addiction. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is an addiction. So... Alcohol, unless you don't have alcohol and something physically adverse happens to you, to me, that's not an alcoholic. 
someone who is going through a breakup and just drinks for two weeks all day, that's not an alcoholic. That's somebody who has an issue dealing with their problems. Okay. But uh, until there's some kind of a chemical issue there. Now, I do believe in psychological addiction. I think that'd be silly to say, you know, I think that um, you know, food addiction, which is what I would argue is my worst one now that I've ditched some of the other stupid ones. Right. I'll clarify those so that my mother who listens to this won't think that it's meth or something disgusting. <laughs> I promise, guys, there's no meth or heroin in this house. Uh, yeah, there better not be. Um, but anyhow, <clears throat> what was I just saying? I think we're feeling. I think we're feeling the. the I think it's. Should we just take a third shot? Let's. Yeah, maybe it'll help me remember. There you go. Let's take a third shot. And cheers. I just hit the cup on the front of my tooth. I heard that. (laughs) That did not feel good. All right, let's try this again. And all you. Ooh, baby. Oh, food. I mentioned food. Oh, food. Yes, addicted to food. So, That's a big one that I think most Americans really suffer from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The concept of only eating when we need nourishment is is absolutely just, it's gone. It's yeah. completely gone um, just for the sake of, or for the fact that we need flavor. We always want flavor. Yeah. It has to taste good in order to eat it, or it has to be delicious in order to put it in our mouth. And that, I mean, in its own way is kind of chemical addiction, right? It's releasing dopamine every time you eat something. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy to be happy when you're eating. Yes, it is. And it's really easy to ne- not necessarily want to eat when you're scared. Or mm-hmm. So there's definitely a correlation there. Um, for me, the most difficult one was Diet Coke, which is so crazy yeah, to think you about. Yeah, had, you had such a, a weird addiction to to soda really just in general but yeah diet coke was your poison diet coke sure. was the worst one because i really i always liked having bubbles and right. i like strong flavor but diet coke i didn't necessarily think that it had the most amazing taste but it was the only taste that i had to have in order to move on with my day it was everything associated with that and it's such an inexpensive way to dope dope yourself up with something to make you happy. Right. And you could just drink so much of it. And that was getting ridiculous too. And I think that's probably why I ended up drinking a gallon of uh, of coffee a day because it's a calorie-free substitute to something that I thought was a lot more disgusting. See, and that's something – that's a, a fucking like uh, – or a like blockade that everybody runs into when we're trying to quit vices, right? Because none of I don't think anybody really quits vice. Well, at its core, you quit vices, but really, you're just substituting vices for something else, right? Right, but you when, can substitute it with something fantastic. Oh, and I and I agree with you, but what I think most people do is they substitute it with something that's not, right? So, like, it might be a little better, but it's not, you know, fully better. So, like, for example, you were just talking about coffee. You Mm. know, you think you drink coffee as much as you did at one point because you you quit the Diet Coke, so you needed a new substitute for it. I'm addicted to consuming psychologically, too. So as long as I can have that point in my day where I, like – you know, a lot of people for cigarettes. Right. You touch base with yourself, nobody mm-hmm. else. You go, you sit, you have your Diet Coke, you look on your phone, you finish it, you get that really 
refreshing dose of bubbles and then that dose of air through the straw at the very end when you have no more left. Gosh, I'm going to... I was going to say you're craving one right now, aren't you? You know, I just like I miss the taste of coffee, I do miss that nice sting from Diet Coke. And I like I, I, I replaced that with soda water, you know? Right. So slowly but surely, we start to wean out these... You know, symptoms or components of the addiction. Well, as, as long as you're active and aware about it, most people aren't. I mean, we see that all the time with people who say they're starting diets, you know, and oh, yeah. they cheat all the time, but Absolutely. they'll still tell people they're on the diets. But, you know, I used to have a tremendous amount of animals, uh-huh. and that gave me purpose and it made me happy. And I got very overwhelmed, but no matter what, I could not let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep them as healthy and happy as I could, but inevitably when you have tons of them, you know, it starts to get very difficult. And when I started seriously dating somebody and they absorbed a little bit more of my time uh-huh. and my effort, you know, you know, in a way they replaced what I needed to do for these animals. And I was able to finally rehome them and I replaced them right. with a person. So, I mean, you can always replace something with something else as long as it's an upgrade, I guess. Right. Always kind of switch up, not down. You know, don't go from... I'd rather somebody go from meth to food than, you know, meth to flaca. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, though, it's like... Because I agree with you. I, I want that also. But I also have to... I also have to make sure that, like, if somebody was like, oh, I'm going from, you know, if they switched their addiction to meth to an addiction to food, well, I still need to make sure I would want them to understand, like, just so you know, food still, you know, the junk food's still not good for you, you know, because I think there are a lot of people who do that and then they stop, right? And the excuse is, well, it's either jack in the box every day or meth. You t- take your pick. And it's like, no, you're just a lazy person who wants to accept that at least you're not doing meth now. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't stop just because you get rid of an addiction. That gets you back up to like zero. If the rest yeah. of the world's at a, between a four and a ten, you still have, you know, to catch up to at least four. Right. Just because you went from a negative four to a zero doesn't mean like this is it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the issue a lot of people have. I'm gonna change gears here really quick because I, I I thought of a funny subject that I think you'll have some good stories for, but I want to take the shot first. All right, on vodka. I, I think hope it, it, I hope we continue to make sense. I, I'm I starting do. to really feel this. Yeah, I've I'm I'm getting there too. But that's why I kind of want to switch gears because I think we're getting a little too serious right now and with alcohol. Well, the the theme was happiness and balance it just kind of became about vices well i think yeah well vices are a reflection of whether or not we have happiness or we're trying to get happiness that's true but i think it's fair to look at other venues it's easy to get unstuck on one topic for a long Mm -hmm. time so cheers cheers (sighs) so my topic actually doesn't even have anything to do with the original topic that you mentioned at the beginning. Bring it. So what I actually just wanted to ask you and see if you'd be willing to share is I know, so for those out there who don't know, well, why would any of you know? You were in a fraternity yes. in college, right? And given that today is St. Patrick's Day, I'm just curious if you have any crazy like St. Patrick's Day stories. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm curious. I don't think okay. I've ever asked you. 
So what I will disclose, <coughs> it's an it's almost a ritual in itself, but it was really really cool. So. There was a, a particular pledge class that had moved up to being second or third year brothers, so like sophomore juniors, uh-huh. who invented these really cool letters, right? So my fraternity had a, a, a it'd be a green t-shirt with the fraternity letters across the, the, the chest, orange outline, and then it had shamrocks on the inside, okay? And they were called A.M. Irish letters. <laughs> okay. And there was three... Um, three components to earning these AM Irish letters. Um, they did not have to be done in any particular proximity, um, but you had to complete the last step in order to get the letter. So the first one was Century Club. Everyone has their own version of Century Club. Some call it Power Hour. Okay. But we would do one shot of beer of your choice. I highly suggest something that's pretty much water. Okay. Don't be a, <laughs> don't be a hero and get a, a lambic or um, Guinness or anything stupid like that. But um, you take a shot of beer every minute for 100 minutes, and it was really great. There was this timed playlist. Every minute for 100. Oh, I guess it's yeah, just yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, 100 shots yeah. of beer. It's a tw- I think it's a 12-pack. Okay. That's what it ends oh, up Oh, like being. that's – okay. So a 12-pack in 100 minutes. Damn. So for some people, it's a little challenge, but it's doable. To some people, they can't do it until they're like fourth try. Right. Okay, and it, I think it happened uh, once a semester. Oh, so – Okay, so they did this once a semester, and if you failed the last semester, you had to do it again the next yeah, semester. Yeah, and failure okay. was vomiting or falling asleep. Okay. Or tapping out, obviously. Right. Um, me, being a professional consumer of all things at this point, <laughs> I passed my first time. <laughs> so anyhow, there was two tables. It was really nice. You, you, everyone started at one side. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then once you became a veteran and you've done it once before, you have to sit at the other table. Ooh, so, yeah, big yeah. kid's table. Definitely. <laughs> so that was step one. Step two was Edward, 40 hands, and that's very common. A lot of uh, fraternities, sororities, no, maybe not sororities, but um, guy it, groups. Explain it, to the, explain it to people who may not know what Edward's hands are. Yeah, you take two are. 40s of your choice. Mm-hmm. Once again, I highly suggest something that's that's very drinkable, not, not anything that's going to get too crazy. And you tape them to your hands with duct tape. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're cold. It's, it's I'd say, the least fun of the three. Oh. And, yeah, you were not allowed to take them off until you were done. So if you had to pee, you better oh. hope there was someone there to help you pee. <laughs> right. Um, I made some very good friends during Edward's hands. <laughs> <laughs> Came very close. He had to trust somebody. A lot of the guys had girlfriends that would help them. Oh I just had gosh. friends. So, but uh, yeah. So you had to take care of that. Everything had to be done before the next morning. So okay. you could drink all the way until the sun came up, as long as it took you. Right. Um, do not make the stupid mistake of. High-fiving somebody with your 40 because it is connected to your hand at this point. So if it does shatter, your skin will also shatter. (laughs) That was step two. 
And then the last one took place on St. Patrick's Day. It was called. So a- this was so this was a three day process. No, well three, three days, days, but you could space it out whenever. You usually kind of just scheduled whoever was like the social chair, uh-huh. you know, who was in plan uh, in charge of planning the parties would kind of set the dates throughout the semester when we're going to have one of these. Oh, okay. So, but when you guys do have one of them, is it like, oh, Justin's going to do it on Thursday? Or is it like you guys just have a party? And then everybody oh, could... we'll announce it. Okay, uh, Century Club is happening Friday the 12th of October. Uh-huh. Um, so if you want to come, you know, bring this, 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 and that. Here are the rules. So it was very scheduled. Okay. Um, most fraternity uh, social schedules run like a clock you kind of have the same ones that you do depending on the semester it's just so crazy to talk about it's been so many years but it just it just came to my mind randomly i was just thinking saint patty's day fraternity yeah justin must have some fucking stories it's happening right now (laughs) my brothers who are eight between 18 and 22 right now are are trying they have until midnight to complete uh am irish so you're talking about your fraternity brothers. Yes. Okay, right gotcha, now. gotcha. So the third step is AM Irish, and it only takes place on St. Patrick's Day. Everyone starts at midnight. <coughs> okay. Okay, of St. Patrick's Day. Okay, um, so it would have began this morning at midnight, the one that I just oh, slept through. Right. You start, and the way that it works is you could either drink one beer, uh-huh. one shot, or one mixed drink every hour. It must be every single hour. Between 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock, every hour, with your drink, you would also do an Irish car bomb. Okay? There was four of them. Oh, my god. One at 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. So, sorry, that's five. Five Irish car bombs in the middle of the day. Okay. Then you continue afterward to uh, finish, you know, to do your drink. Your, your shot, your mixed drink, or your beer every hour, and you must continue until midnight. It goes from midnight to midnight. Anybody who vomits or falls asleep is disqualified. But what was fantastic is if you truly do finish your A.M. Irish, your Edward Forty Hands by the time A.M. Irish happens, you can do A.M. Irish first, right. okay? But you usually want that to be the... The finale. The finale, okay? Right. And Century Club, you earn the letters, and your big brother will purchase them for you. So it was cool. It was really nice. You really wanted to be part of it. They weren't, like, the most attractive letters. They were tacky as shit, but it, it was, was just a good... the principle. Of exactly. It. Yeah. it was a really great story. So that's what we did. And, I mean, everybody has an AM Irish story. It was a great time. Uh, there was one semester I had to move home, and it was St. Patrick's Day. And I was with my mother. Last place I wanted to be on a St. Patrick's Day while I'm supposed to be in college. Right. And I was just really missing uh, my brothers and school and whatever. And so I started tearing up. And my mom looks at me and she goes, what is wrong with you? I just said, it's just a very special day for us back at Northridge. (laughs) And she just thought I was an idiot. She just, okay, whatever. It's St. Patrick's Day, okay. I have to say, through the years, the stories you have told me about being in a fraternity has made me wish that I had, you know, joined such a thing. I recommend it for everyone. I think there is one out there for everyone. I don't think mine was for everybody. Um, We had a lot of different people in there, and it was definitely for me. 
But um, why, why would it not be for everybody? Is it just because mine? Yeah, or just in frater- any fraternity in general. Like we like just because of the people that are in there, or do the do you guys usually take people who are like specializing in certain subjects in school? Or? We try to be my particular house. We try to be as diverse as possible. So if someone brought to the table something that we've never had before, uh-huh. so I was the first openly gay person to ever rush my particular chapter. Gotcha. And they thought that was killer. They just thought that was super cool. And I I was a little bit older when I joined, so I, I had a lot more confidence going on. I knew kind of who I was. And they really dug that, too. Um, but I would say, I mean, if you're a really sports-centric person, you know, we'd win all university and a couple of different sports, but you definitely weren't, like, the one to join if you were an athlete or anything like that. So gotcha. um, we had a lot, a lot of intellectuals. We had a really cool, uh, you know, what I call the glitter and glue concept where, uh-huh. you know, if you thought about how much glue do you need to have a whole bunch of glitter stick to it? Very little, right? Right. But the glitter is what's always going to show. The glue is what keeps everyone together. So your weakest links or your maybe not not your ladies' man or not your strongest athlete – those are the guys that you really go up to bat for. Those are the guys that you really protect, right? Uh-huh. And they keep the, the the house together. And then everybody else, like, I thought I was a little bit of both. Uh-huh. I was definitely glitter because I was really big with sororities. I was a pretty well-known figure in the community. But um, at the same time, I was very warm and heartfelt, and I it, it held a really strong place in my heart. I'm happy to let those days go behind me, uh-huh. but... I would definitely at least make all my kids, if I have any, do one semester. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what I was thinking when you, through the years of just when you've told me your stories from the fraternities of just how much fun you had and the kind of brotherhood you have. And my brother, who was in gymnastics and ended mm-hmm. up doing ASU gymnastics, shout out to you guys, uh, <clears throat> he... They kind of, you know, they weren't a fraternity, but they kind of went through the same kind of deal as a fraternity. So right. My, so my brother had a big brother and a little brother, and there were, you know, certain levels of hazing to, to freshmen who were on the team. And he, and he had Real a lot of Real quick disclaimer. Um, the house I belong to is a non-pledging, non-hazing fraternity since 1954, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> fair. Fair. So, uh but my brother, uh, oh, I remember my brother had to do something where, like, everybody on his uh, team who were sophomores and up in college could, like, shave his hair any way that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And he had to keep it for a week. Yeah. You know, so they used to do, like, little shits like that. But anyways, but he always told me, like, what fun he had. And I definitely saw the kind of relationships that he developed with his fellow brothers on the gymnastics team. And I I would agree with you. I think I would make my kids do something like that. It's just important to understand that you're a smaller part of something greater. Right. And that you have a very important purpose. And, I mean, the fraternity that I was in varied. We'd be as low as 28 people and we'd be as high as, you know, 89 people, depending mm-hmm. on. And it wasn't a huge Greek school, so... But it was really important that you owned your 89th. You owned your 28th. You know, you you really understood that that was your place. 
Wait, what's what's this 29th and 20th? If there's 29 people in it, oh, you oh, are oh. 129th equal to everybody else who's there. Gotcha. And that's when people say you pay for friends. You don't pay for friends. You pay for an experience. But what's great about paying the same as everybody else is you own the same share as everybody else does. You are equally as important. So maybe you're not an athlete. Maybe you don't have a great body. Maybe you're not socially adept. You know, you're kind of awkward. Maybe you're ugly. Right. Okay. But at the end of the day, it is a business. It needs money to function. And as long as you are paying your role, your part, you are equal there Uh to everybody else. And that is what the money is really, you know, for philosophically. You know, it pays for stuff. But... I just can't stand when people say, no, I never really need to have to pay money to have friends. I'm charismatic as fuck. I, I never needed to pay for friends. And if it was about making friends, I never would have joined one. It wasn't about that. It was about being an ant in a colony, but a really great, successful, really fun colony right. that needs a whole bunch of ants. Well, just as you said, it's not about it's not about, you know, paying for friends. It's, I would argue you know, I, I I feel like that's just a very negative way to put it to anybody who does put it like that, right? It's not about paying for friends; it's about building relationships. You yes, know? and but money's fucking important to anything very. in life. So, uh, Justin, we we need to take another shot, man. Is there one in your cup right there? It uh, is. Okay. Oh, there is one. Yeah. Okay. There you go. How what what shot is this? This is five. This is five. Five. Oh, I don't know. You guys counted. We yeah, didn't. just we just drank them. Let us know. All right, <laughs> clink down the hatch. Who, <sighs> baby? Gnarly, gnarly as fuck. I mean, it's not Jameson. It's not um, Guinness. Yeah. But this is how we're going to celebrate. This is how we're going to celebrate, yeah. Well, I mean, and like I said, we, we mentioned it at the beginning. To be fair, I wasn't planning on drinking at all tonight's podcast. Oh, this it's is just... Spoils of War from a, from yeah. a, uh, a guest <laughs> that was here. And also, my life is a diet, and just I'm drinking soda water as well. And uh, vodka and soda is pretty much the way to drink if you're not trying to pack Vo- on calories. Vodka is the first thing I got drunk on. I think, oh, no, mine, the first thing I ever got drunk on was Bacardi. It was Ooh, rum. And I remember, I didn't know anything about how to drink. I'm not going to disclose the age that I was because my um, my mom might watch this. I know she shares <laughs> them. I know she likes them. So I'm assuming she listens to them. But it was vodka. And it's not vodka. It was Bacardi, which is rum, obviously. And I remember I mixed it with Midori, Midori. liqueur. I don't even know what Midori it liqueur tastes, is. It's green. And uh, it's in those L.A. waters that we liked from uh, back oh, in Los Angeles. That. Oh, we have to get those again, Justin. I'm sure they can still get them somewhere. Oh, that was kind of a fad drink. It's like the unicorn uh, oh, the frappuccino. Unicorn frappuccino. Yeah. Oh, fuck that But shit. I think someone still makes them. But anyway... Um, for anyone who knows their liquor, this is absolutely vile. It was Bacardi, 
I mixed it with Midori and Coke, and it was just this sugary mess that I thought I was super cool. You can't even taste the alcohol. Remember that? Remember yes, when you make a drink? All the fucking Taste this. Time. Taste this. You can't even taste the alcohol. Although, although I will say, through high school and growing up, I mean, not through high I didn't drink until I was 21, of course. Me neither. But <laughs> there was, I loved screwdrivers. I loved, loved, loved screwdrivers. I've always been a love of vodka, love orange juice. So I, you know, you combine them together and you create these screwdrivers. And I would go to parties and I would make screwdrivers for people. And people did specifically like my screwdrivers because I knew just what to put in there to where you could like. There's only two ingredients hardly, in a screwdriver. But that's what I mean, though. Like I, oh, the ratio? I, like the ratio oh, okay. to where you would barely uh, taste any of the vodka. Oh, and I would just get so many of my friends just fucked I can't up. do screwdrivers because I had an aunt. She's dead now from diabetes. And that I just remember I can hear it with her speech impediment. Uh. Screwdrivers. I just could hear it. A lot of S in there. And uh, it's just not for me. I never... So I probably couldn't do screwdrivers now. As you know, like anytime we go out, you know, I'm always just vodka on the rocks. I just right. like... It, it just... It tastes... It, I'm a vodka agree, soda yeah. type person. As you agree, it just... it ta- It's a clean tasting alcohol. You know, even though it's not good for you, it at least tastes a little more like it might be better for do you. Do you fart? Did I fart? Do you fart? I did not. Does it smell in here? It smells, and I'm scared it's me, but I smell like lemons because I'm wearing Underneath the Lemon Tree by <laughs> So, you know one thing that happens in here? Unfortunately, because it's a smaller room, and then when you have just two people sitting across from each other with electronics going, it starts to get hot. So, I think we're just just smelling the musk of my room oh well i'm of, glad it's your musk of a, <laughs> of a half studio half bedroom dude this bed is the bane of my existence right now i love having a queen size bed but there's just so much i want to do with this room that i can't because my bed in this fucking dresser is in here just taking up space <laughs> well you do have to live in here essentially yeah well one thing i was looking up was i was actually because i want to get a futon just because it's something i can make into a couch or a bed right mm-hmm. and so i was actually looking up and uh, there's a lot of uh like youtube videos and instructions out there on how to like build your own futon for like 150 bucks. You can just buy a futon for 150 bucks. That's what that's what Matt said too. But I I don't ever remember. See, but I feel like if I built one for 150 dollars, it would be not only just a good experience of fucking building something, but still sturdier than any 150 dollar futon that you get. Um, well, I feel 150 dollar futons usually consist of metal bars. Yes. Um, and they're not. Horrible. I've slept on one before. I have a futon downstairs. It's wood. Yeah. And it has lasted. It's it's almost 30 years old. And it's actually oh, wow. very, very beautiful. Um, Is it comfortable? I've never slept on it. You've slept on it. I've slept on it. It's very comfortable. Okay. It's extremely comfortable, actually. Um, but the, uh, I don't know. I'm... I'm a little older than you. I don't, by looking looking at me, maybe you can't tell. But um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, 
I am in fact older than you are, and I have to make sure that sleep. I mean, sleep is like a priority. You know. Yes. Well, and I would still, and I would still make sure I get sleep. I mean, remember, I I slept on a couch for like literally, like I took. You saw it, the red couch that I had. Yes. I took a couch with me everywhere I moved because that's just what I slept on, and. Uh, and now I have this bed, and I love this bed to death. And I wouldn't, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't get rid of this bed by any means. I would get like a, a what are they called? Those, those things you can actually like enclose the mattress in, right? Oh, a mattress cover. Mattress cover, yeah. And then like just put it in the garage or something. But I would just really love to have a futon in here. I just feel like it'd have more space. I'm already a messy person as it is. I just need more space for my. Oh, mess. Adam. What? Did you know that we now have a second refrigerator in this house? Yeah, Matt told me. It's very nice. It's stainless steel. So I think I'm willing to move the one from the kitchen into the um, into the garage. Like a, a working fridge in the garage? Or yes. Just gonna, oh, okay. Well, the thing is, if I move the one from the kitchen into the garage, because the one that is in the garage now actually has... Um, ice and water dispenser that that work mine's currently broken and the one i have now it kind of gives me a kick in the pants to get the true like that man cave going um and i have some ideas that i think would be inexpensive and very attractive to decorate Uh in there and it's all starting to kind of come to me now but i'm really excited for that and that makes me happy because happiness in fact was today's where all of this was supposed to stem from. <laughs> so what's going to be nice, and so just for so you guys know out there, so we got this real when we first moved into this house, Justin and I got this really nice fridge from who was your your uncle? My aunt and uncle. Your aunt and uncle. Yes. So, like a super nice, expensive, beautiful, large fridge, and we love it. We use it. But where you would actually put it like up against the wall, there's like cupboards above the above where the fridge would be, and we're, it's literally a quarter of an inch. Oh, like a just centimeter. too tall. So we have this giant fridge that's just sticking out like three feet from the wall, and we've it's been there for over a year now, and we've just grown accustomed to having it there. It's gonna feel like our fr- our kitchen's so much bigger. Exactly, when- that's what I'm saying. Like we're gonna just feel like we have all of this room that we never had before. We're not gonna know what the fuck to do with it. Practice our round off back thing. <laughs> have you have you measured it yet? Do you know that it will? No, but I know there? just because um, I can see the top of it without going on my tiptoes. Oh yeah, that'll fit. Yeah, it's gonna fit totally. You poured another shot. Are we ready to take another shot, Justin? I, I don't know if you're ready, but I'm ready. Let's let's fucking do it. All right. Let's take another let's shot. Let's clink. And clink. <sighs> shot number six. Ooh. Ooh, that would burn a little bit. It did. I think it's getting warm. <sighs> oh, well. Shvedka is not necessarily top shelf. No, but it's much better than just handle vodka. Okay, so I want to talk about... What's up? This is something that I honestly, I struggle with. And I'm not apologetic that I struggle with it. And I want to talk about saving money as far as happiness, okay? Okay. I understand that it's really important to save money. But 
I when I when I was the way that I was raised was not with a lot of money. We okay. never had an abundance of cash, okay? Okay. So when I work really hard <laughs> and a lot of stress goes into my job, mm-hmm. I want to be able to feel like I can purchase things that make me happy. If I purchase nothing ever except the bare bones of what I absolutely needed to eat, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that this money would just stockpile and build. Right. Okay. But, nah. I need to feel like my hard work pays off. True. So, you're a little better at saving money than me. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes. Yes, yes I am. Because you, you are terrible. <laughs> what are you entitled to as somebody who works really hard for their money? And at what point is it mm. immoral to spend? Ugh. That's a tough one. So I think I'm a, so I'm really starting to feel the effects of the Svetka. At oh, this me point. too. I'm so I'm I'm pretty far I'm, in. So I'm going to do my best with this. Okay, but <clears throat> try your hardest. How are we doing on time? So, oh, I don't fucking know. We should probably check. Oh, we got. We're doing good. We're okay. doing good. Okay. We totally got ten more minutes. I have a feeling we're going to forget and end up going over. But here we go. So, anyways, so with money. I think the answer to that question is just dependent really on the person. Um, And first I'll say this about money. I, it really bothers me when people tell me that money can't buy you happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. Or when they say that there's more to life than money. Although those things may be true on a certain level, I myself find myself, I am the most stressed out and anxiety ridden when I have no money. Me too. The like. Absolutely. Like so much so to where I take the active steps to save up as much as I can to give myself whatever cushion I need to. Mm -hmm. So that that doesn't have to be the case later on. But I do believe, though, that there are people out there who and you just said too that it stresses you out when you don't have money but i think there are people out there like you Justin who will spend the money when they have it on things that they love and not regret it at all and be 100% happy with that decision uh so i really think that is just dependent on the person but at its core if you're somebody who stresses out because maybe you're not making uh or you're not able to put away as much money as you would like you owe it to yourself and what can fix the problem is getting yourself accustomed to a new lifestyle that allows you to save that money. So an example for me, I'm somebody who unfortunately for the past few months I've eaten out like every night, right? Okay. You know, fast Mm -hmm. food, junk food, just spent useless money on useless food that is not good for me. And it's attributed to pickles of mine that I've had with money throughout the last few months. Now, if I had a lifestyle that was eating right and healthy or doing a keto diet, for example, or even like a whole 30 diet, I would be saving a lot of money because I'm not spending all the $12 on one meal at Jack in the box every right. night. Right. You know, I I'm spending $5 on some, uh, a slab of meat that's going to feed me for two days. Right. 
I mean, maybe ten dollars. Ten, maybe ten dollars. Not five dollars. But, but you still have something that's going to feed you for multiple days, and and possibly and be way way better for you, and, and be way better for you. Yeah. So it comes to this point to where somebody like me, I really value bettering myself and living a healthier lifestyle because I know things like that, like saving money is going to become much easier because there are a lot of things I'm not going to be spending money on. Mm -hmm. So I mean, cigarettes is a real perfect example, right? I'm lucky that I make tips at my job because the tip money is what goes to pay for the cigarettes. Right. But like I did the math one day and and this is probably true for most smokers because I don't think I really – I think I'm an, your average, you know, addicted smoker mm-hmm. where I smoke, a, you know, roughly a pack a day, give or take, right? So I am somebody who I did the math once and I spend about 250 to $300 a month on cigarettes. And that's just from smoking a pack a day, right? Mm-hmm. So – if I switch up my lifestyle and don't smoke the cigarettes anymore, don't eat the fast food anymore, all of a sudden a job that I felt didn't pay very well all of a sudden pays a fucking lot mm-hmm. because I'm only paying for the stuff that I need and now I have the money to go out and do the things that I want to do for fun. So I think it comes down to – and it's funny. This actually circles around to what you – uh, we wanted the topic to be about at the beginning is priorities. Right. You know, if your priority is your garden or is hardly millennial or whatever it is that you want it to be, it's there are a lot of people out there when they have those hobbies that will sit there and say, oh, well, I'm not going to or I can't do that stuff because I just don't have the money to do it. Whereas you have to switch up your entire lifestyle to have the money to do it. This was a very long-winded answer, and I feel like it doesn't even answer the original question that you asked. But that's just <laughs> that is just I, my take I, on money. <laughs> you know, I wanna I wanna ask a question. Okay, okay, I'll try to answer it. To, Are you drunk and, right now? No. I wouldn't say drunk. I'm I'm definitely tipsy. I can definitely feel it. Well, I cannot drive, so I would say I'm drunk. So (laughs) what I'm gonna my next question is: Is this your first drunk podcast on Harley Millennial? Yes. Then I want a high five. High five. Yes. All right. (laughs) Because I'm part of it. You know what we should do, Justin? Take a shot. We should take another shot. Oh man! All right. I'm gonna gonna let you pour these this time. Okay, that's a good. That's happy St. Patrick's Day, you guys. Yeah. To be to be quite honest, I forgot all of you were even here. This, you know what? this was just a very, very intimate uh, experience with me and my roommates since Los Angeles years ago. You know what? When we got into the subject, when you and I started talking about like my bed and the futon, that was definitely a part where I forgot that the microphone was here. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Especially when we were talking about our refrigerator. Oh, you know, most people don't listen to a podcast more than once. But if you do, turn this into a drinking game. Just take a shot with us because it was really, really fun in the yeah. meantime. You know, I'd be really interested to going going back and listening to this and just seeing how this conversation is transformed. Or how much we remembered. Or how much we remember from it. Oh, let's take a shot. Let's take the shot. Let's let's um take a shot and also just check our time. Okay. Because I want to know how much time we have and if we should probably if we should tackle a new um, talking point, or if we should now just be here with our listeners. 
We can go over an hour. I'm done going an hour. Okay, because I want to talk about generational happiness. Ooh, okay, okay. Let's take a shot. Let's do that. All right, let's clink. And clink. (sighs) Let's see. Where where are we at time just for shits and giggles? We're at an hour. Fuck it. Let's do it. We can wrap this up in three minutes. Whatever. Maybe maybe five or nine. Maybe 20. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) So... I work in sales. Okay. And you sell you sell to everybody differently. So let's what would you say is the oldest generation shopping right now? The greatest generation? Yeah, like actively shopping every yeah, yeah, yeah the greatest generation. All right. So for sure. Wh- how old are they now? Sixty five to eighty? Roughly, yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because the greatest generation believes in working hard as long as you possibly can Mm -hmm. so that your children don't have to work as hard as you did. But what's interesting is in their 60s, they're not working anymore. True. Okay. They're collecting their Social Security, right? Uh And most of their homes are completely paid off. Okay. Okay. Um, One of my clients... Um, she let me know because she's wealthy, uh-huh. like very comfortably wealthy. And okay. I asked her because at this point, I mean, it's been years we've been working together. She's been shopping with me and I've been giving her honest opinion. She gives me honest feedback. And she tells me that no one becomes wealthy until they are free of a house payment and a car payment. She said, once you are completely free of house and car payments... You can then become wealthy quickly. That's very profound. And I would say that's true. So I thought that was great, right? And so she said, if I could give advice to anybody, I would say pay as much as you can in principle on everything that you have Uh and take that money away from anything that you would look at as a luxury. So... When I worked for Chanel, I learned that luxury is anything that is not necessary but desirable. Okay. So, in her eyes, this customer is telling me, say your car payment is $180. Pay your $180 car payment and then make an additional payment of whatever you can, even if it's $20. Okay. Okay. Same with your house. So, let's talk about the next generation after. Generation... Uh, no, the baby boomers. Baby boomers, yeah. Okay. The baby boomers are very similar, actually. They believe in working hard until the day that you die so that your children do not have to work. So we're actually going to skip them because really the only contribution the baby boomers really had was booming babies, right? True. Booming and- Generation X. Well, no, no, no. no. Uh, that's false. So baby boomers are the result of the baby boom. So the baby boomers are the babies. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they gave birth. So I would I would honestly almost argue that the baby boomers were the first step to the generations after getting screwed. Right? Okay. So Generation X are the offspring of the baby of boomers. Of the baby boomers. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> so as I – me as a salesperson, sell to Generation X people – They have a different philosophy. They believe they were the beginning of work-life balance. Uh Enjoy your life as you're living it, but make sure you're contributing enough work to balance the fun that you're having. Right. 
okay? So they're a very insecure, um, they're a very insecure uh, generation. Yes. They really want to make sure that Wait, they're are you, making. Are you talking about the generation Xers? Xers. Okay. I'm going to skip the the baby boomers. Okay. So the Xers are the ones that are not confident. I I feel that because okay. one, they want to make sure they're making the right decision, and they really depend on you to tell them that. Okay. Okay. They really believe in. In, in a balance, but at the same time, they're not sure if they're making the right decision for the balance. Okay, okay? So the baby boomers, they will come in and they will want a lipstick. Okay, but if they're paying $35 for lipstick, they want the whole shebang. They want right. to be waited on. Um, that's when I go to the coffee local coffee shop that's attached to the store and ask for a water for them so that they right. feel like someone's going out of their way to help them for their stupid lipstick. They sound pretty fucking entitled, Justin. I agree. <laughs> there is an entitlement, but they believe that entitlement can be purchased. They do not believe that entitlement just comes from being alive. Okay, so there's the difference. Exactly, exactly. So they believe that their money buys entitlement. And you know what? I actually respect that, okay? But the Generation Xers, they believe that they have to give you their money. Right. They have to give you their respect, their time. Please just help me make the right decision, okay? Because we want to be happy. Us as Generation Xers, we want to be happy, we want to be beautiful, and we want to make the right decision, okay? okay? And I feel like the the greatest generation from World War II, those were the ones that that really worked really, really super hard to make sure that the, the family could stay alive, but, well, they had no choice. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They had to go to work, right? right? So the Generation Xers, those are their grandparents at this point, right? Because right before them are the baby boomers. Yes, yes. Exactly. So they really idolize their grandparents. They want to be those people. They want to make good decisions, but they just don't know how to make it on their own. They gave birth to, gen- to Generation Y. Generation Y. Which is us, by the way. What? We are Generation Y. No, we're not. Yes, we are. They just gave us a name. We're called millennials. But we are Why and millennials are the same thing? Yes, 100%. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense to me because now, <laughs> now the millennials feel like we are entitled to happiness. Mm-hmm. We deserve a good life because everyone deserves a good life. It doesn't matter how hard you work. We're all people. Right. And we deserve what everyone else deserves. Yeah. And then that exemplifies in Generation Z. Okay. Yes. Exactly. So when I'm selling to Generation Y, okay. Millennials. Right. There, it's funny. It always skips a generation. Yes. Okay. Yes, you're right. They're a lot like, they're a lot like the, 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 the baby boomers. They mm-hmm. want to be treated like royalty because they're about to drop $35 on a lipstick. They're about to drop $38 on a powder. And how lucky you are that they're there to spend that $35. Exactly. Exactly. Of all the places I can go and do that. But what's interesting is the available amount of information. Yes. Because now they can come test you. Let me test you on how worthy you are of me spending my money with you today yes on this it's uh, so 
what kills me the most, the biggest stigma on millennials that bothers me the most is this term of this of how entitled our generation is, mm-hmm. right? So, and there's a couple reasons why that. Sorry, I'm picking up my putty on the floor. There we go. So there's a couple reasons why that bothers me. For one, I work at a coffee shop. I have a lot of spectrum of people that come in anywhere from the greatest generation to generation Z or arguably generation A at this point. And let me tell you, I have not met any any fucking generation that deems themselves more entitled to my time and their little fucking specific shit they want in their fucking latte than the fucking baby boomers or the greatest generation, man. Uh-huh. Like, like, it fucking kills me that they argue so much of like, oh, these millennials are the, the generation that thinks they're just entitled to everything. Meanwhile, they're coming up and going... Hi, can I uh, can I get a latte and can you make that uh, half coconut milk, half almond milk with half sweet of sugar-free vanilla? But then I want whipped cream on that too, but not too much whipped cream. Just fucking entitled old farts. And uh, I totally lost my point. But no, that just, makes sense because like, that is me, that's though. the granddaughter and the grandmother. Yes. Meanwhile, you have. The one in the middle, the mom, who's just like, oh, my God. Yes, exactly. No, I totally understand. Trust me. (laughs) I sell to the same exact people. I don't know if anyone here knows this, but we work in extremely close close proximity. Yes. Although we have two very, very different jobs. (laughs) Yes, it's very true. I feel like people are just going to listen through the the process of all these 37 podcasts and just, like, estimate where Justin and Adam work (laughs) through our little clues. Well, you know what? You know what? We did our best to keep it discreet. We did, though. We really did. So, Adam, this is what I think we should do. Okay. Tell me. To be quite honest, I don't know how coherent we've been this past half an hour. I don't either. I hope you all have enjoyed this. But what we're going to do is thank our audience for being with us through all this. Okay. We're going to pour one more shot and take it. Once we take this shot... We're going to thank them for being here with us today. <laughs> okay. And then drunk us are probably going to listen to this <laughs> and try to make sense of this. Let me tell you what I have to do after this podcast, Justin. Okay. I have to make a title for it. I have to edit the audio levels on it. And then I have to put it into a separate... I have to not only export it out of this software, but I have to import it into new software. Then I have to email the title page on another computer. Adam, I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) The point is... I have alcohol in my system, and I still have a lot to do after we finish this podcast. I don't. <laughs> I get to go to bed after this. Oh, you sure do. All right, let's take this other shot. You guys are troopers. Um, I think the title of this should be Drink Every Time You Hear Blank, and then Adam can pick whatever blank is. I'm, well, happy Happy St. Patty's Day. Drink happy Every St. Time Patty's You Hear Day. I was, it's funny. So I was actually thinking about like what to do a title and I was thinking about just doing like tonight we drink. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Right. I thought so too. But you tell me just, do you have, do you have an, is there another, a better, uh, whoa. Is there another, a better one coming to your mind? Um, no. 
<laughs> you know what? We're going to have to do another one of these at some point. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's listen to this at some point and figure out what we learned from this. But until yes. then, clink. Let's take the shot. Right, what was that? Seven or eight shots? Something around there? Comment how many shots this was once you... Um, yeah, just... We'd appreciate that because we lost count. So... So thank you, everybody. So I'm going to take a drink of your sparkling water. Justin. Please do. So thank you, everybody, for listening to today's podcast. We always appreciate the listeners. Um, I hope you enjoyed this first podcast where you got to hear a little bit of uh, Adam and uh, Justin drunk today. And may the luck of the Irish be with you. May the luck of the Irish be with you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, happy St. Patty's Day. Remember, drink responsibly, drive home safely. I know people who have gotten DUIs, and trust me, they never describe it as a fun experience. So just be careful out there. And remember to like, comment, subscribe, and let us know if you liked this episode. You know, this was something different. You never drank on a uh, podcast before, so I'm curious. If... I feel like it'd be funnier if there was a video, because I think we look ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like we sound ridiculous, too. So just leave us a comment to let us know if this was something that was enjoyable to listen to, or if it just becomes a little too much when it's just audio. I don't know. Just fucking leave me a comment. And Vincent... Kyle, I love you. <laughs> it's been tough to get around to seeing you guys, but let me know if you got this message in the comments. You know, just a little spoiler for those who made it through to the end. We are about to have uh, four microphones in total. That's so, news to me. That's great news. That means that maybe I wasn't supposed to put out this information. Oh, I'm the fucking owner. I can put out whatever information I fucking want. Whatever you want. want, Adam. So this is, uh, you know, uh, so just so you know, we are going to get four microphones and hopefully have, you know, three, four-man podcasts coming on soon. But anyways, before I before I say any more that I that I probably shouldn't, uh, just thank you so much for uh, listening, guys. We, we have all the social – just uh, goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>